Please listen carefully. Hello and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm John Haley. And I'm Jessica Toon. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. The information, forms, and laws referenced in this episode are accurate as of the date this episode is first released. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hello, John. How's it going? Yeah, it's it's going pretty well. I can't complain right now. How about you? Yeah, yeah, pretty much same old, same old at this point. So, yes, I think everyone's getting tired of that old intro. But yeah, I mean, I, I <laughs> same. Wish- I also am tired of the old intro. I would like to have more exciting things, tales of trips around the world or right? you know, gatherings of lots of people. But I got nothing. I got nothing. So, Oh, well, it's fine. Anywho. <laughs> Anyways, today we're going to talk about some changes HUD has made to the way that fair housing cases involving disparate impact will be handled. So first we need to talk about what disparate impact is. It's a housing policy or process that may not be intentionally discriminatory, but it can nonetheless be found to have a disparate impact on a protected class, thus causing that policy to have a prohibited discriminatory effect. Right, and a common example that we use to illustrate this effect is housing providers that refuse to rent to college students. On its face, the policy is not discriminatory as college students are not a protected class. However, if the housing provider is located near a college that caters or exclusively admits a certain protected class, for example, a same-sex school, a historically black college or university, or an explicitly religiously affiliated school, then there may be a disparate impact on members of that protected class. It's been a longstanding view of fair housing advocates, courts, and HUD itself that disparate impact claims are legitimate claims of discrimination under the Fair Housing Act. And in 2013, HUD codified this into the federal regulations. And then in 2015, the Supreme Court agreed that disparate impact claims fall under the jurisdiction of the court and are legitimate, as they held in Texas Department of Housing and Community Affairs versus Inclusive Communities Project, Inc. However, in the court's decision, they also determined that such claims must be limited so, quote, Companies are able to make the practical business choices and profit-related decisions that sustain a vibrant and dynamic free enterprise system, unquote. Also, the court discussed a three-step framework for shifting the burden of proof between the parties in such a case, specifically noting that such a framework would, quote, prevent abusive claims. The court's three-step framework includes, one, robust causality requirements to, quote, protect defendants from being held liable for racial disparities they did not create, Two, a requirement that the policy be found artificial, arbitrary, and unnecessary to achieving a defendant's legitimate business objective. And three, that the plaintiff must show an available alternative practice that has less disparate impact and serves the defendant's legitimate needs before rejecting a defendant's business justification for the practice, confirming here specifically that the plaintiff should bear this burden. Notably, the court did not use the 2013 HUD regulations to build their framework, and until now, HUD never adjusted the regulations to fit the court's holding. The 2013 version of the regulations placed more burden on the defendant in the case to prove that the challenge practice was necessary to achieve their legitimate and non-discriminatory interests. In the fall of 2019, HUD issued a proposed rule change incorporating the court's three-step framework, along with some other changes. They accepted comments and issued the final rule on September 3rd of this year, with mostly the same language as the proposed rule. 
The rule will become effective 30 days after it's published in the Federal Register, which, as of the date we've recorded this, has not yet been done. Most significantly, HUD has added a section requiring a plaintiff to show facts to support five things at the very beginning of the case, called the pleading stage, to support their discriminatory effects claim. One, that the challenged policy or practice is arbitrary, artificial, and unnecessary to achieve a valid interest, such as a practical business or profit consideration. Two, that it has a disproportionately adverse effect on members of a protected class. Three, that there is a robust causal link between the policy or practice and the adverse effect. In other words, it's the direct cause. Four, that the alleged disparity is significant. And five, that there is a direct relation between the injury and the injurious conduct alleged. So this will, by all accounts, make it harder for a plaintiff to bring a fair housing claim alleging disparate impact. Before, the plaintiff just had to show that the challenge practice caused or predictably would cause a discriminatory effect. A more broad requirement like that gives judges some room to determine whether the case was properly pleaded. Now, the elements are much more specific and clear. Also significant, HUD has created a more complex framework for shifting the burden of proof during the case. And while the plaintiff may still show there's a less discriminatory policy that would serve the defendant's interest, that potential policy cannot be one that imposes materially materially greater costs or creates other material burdens for the defendant. Finally, HUD has also added specific defenses into the regulations, and it has codified that remedies should be concentrated on eliminating or reforming the policy or procedure, and not necessarily on monetary punishment or fines. It's important to note that NAR has previously called on HUD not to release this final rule, arguing that the new regulations place too high of a burden on plaintiffs to bring a case and it remains to be seen how the changes may affect these cases and how long the changes will be in effect given the political environment and it being an election year. So what does this mean for you? Well, let's talk about some best practices and how you can limit your risk. That's right. So first, you should still be aware of any policies or procedures you implement that may have a disparate impact on a protected class because plaintiffs may still bring cases alleging this. Again, the Supreme Court did hold that these are valid claims to bring. If you have concerns about a policy possibly causing a disparate impact, but you're not sure of your risk, you should discuss with a fair housing attorney. They'll be able to give you guidance on what such a lawsuit would look like with the facts involved and what your risk is. Because while the burden on the plaintiff is arguably higher now to bring a case, which reduces risk, the new regulations may also make such a case more complex and thus possibly more expensive to defend. Thank you for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes, and please rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline, where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the Legal tab in the Four Members section. Make sure you're logged in to see this page. Thanks. Bye. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. 
This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2020. This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license.